0: and use the code PEACE for 15% off today. I came to parenting with everything I learned in childhood, yelling, punishing, controlling, and shaming. After trying almost every method, I found connected parenting and was totally shocked when empathy, listening, doing away with rewards and consequences, and being a safe place actually worked. It moved the behaviors of my children and it felt good, especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Rochelle, I'm gonna have a little tiny holiday. Gathering podcast here for any of you that are gathering with your family or will be gathering with your family over the next couple of months. We've got New Year's and we've got all kinds of, you know, American holidays and international holidays. And so, just if you're going to be around your family, this might be helpful for you. Okay. I want you to think of this idea our children are not required to please the adults in our family. In fact, Our children are not required to please any adults. This is not their job is to make adults feel good. This is not their job to make adults feel worthy or wanted or loved. It is not a child's job to make an adult feel loved. And I think this is at the crux of what's going on is a lot of it, not all of it, of course, but there's a big piece of grandparents, aunties, uncles, or whatever. They need the children to express Affection, gratitude, acceptance, and all of these things to them so that they can feel validated, which is so weird to me. It feels super weird. I don't know why this has become the case. But when we enter grandma's house and she says, Oh, give grandma a big hug. And the child says, No, grandma sometimes is offended. And I'm so curious. I would love to know why. I don't understand why a an adult person has to get their validation from a 3-year-old or a 13-year-old because it probably isn't the best place to feel validated is by an immature, you know, inexperienced person who's overwhelmed in a family event. So for you all, if you can have that mindset I- idea when you go into these uh experiences with your family, If you can just have this idea, like, this isn't my kid's job to make people feel good at all. My kid's job is to make themselves feel good. Now, people might say, oh, that's going to create self-centered kids. Well, kids are self-centered. They they do think of themselves for many, many years. And so if you read anything about child psychology, they're very egocentric, as they should be. And that's okay. They will get there. They will get to a place of gratitude and they will get to a place of wanting to hopefully hug and kiss their their family members. I mean, I know my girls adore my dad. I mean, they they don't, They can't keep their hands off of him. They're like cuddling with him. They're on the couch with him. They say, oh, Papa, you're so cute. Oh, Papa, your hair is so soft. They pet his hair. They they grab his neck and say, oh, you have a really soft, squishy spot right under your neck, Papa. Let me squeeze it. But because he has cultivated the relationship and allowed them to come to him, He doesn't require them to hug and kiss them. They go to him because he's cultivated the relationship. And this is the other piece of it. Like these people who are expecting the love and affection and all of the uh, recognition, oftentimes they haven't cultivated their relationship. So of course the kid doesn't want to hug them. Maybe this parent, I mean, this grandparent or this relative is creepy. I don't know. Maybe they use punishments. Perhaps they've been judgy. Maybe they've even yelled at these children. Maybe they've bribed them or threatened them or used some sort of consequence with them. They say you have to have five positive interactions for every negative one. So if you don't see these people often either, there's no basis for a relationship. And why should a young child or even an older child trust an adult that they don't have a deep bonded relationship with? That's smart, actually. A child shouldn't just trust people because it's uncle so-and-so, because we all know what happens with some familial interactions. Um, We know that abuse comes from often, more often than not, from the people that we actually know from family members and close friends. So children should be wary of the people around them. Now, I'm not saying that everyone's a pedophile or everybody is, you know, going to do something unkind, but that's their natural protection mode. I don't want to hug you. I don't want to kiss you. I need to make sure you're safe and that's okay. I want, you know, I want my kids to be weary of people. So they aren't required to kiss and hug anybody. And I think when you interact with a, a family member, you could say, oh, we're doing high fives today. Oh, we're doing fist bumps today. Oh, we're not doing hugs and kisses today. It's not the huggy kissy day right now. You can intervene before your child has to actually stand up for themselves because some of them can't or don't want to, or feel uncomfortable. They might run away. They might hide. And then it becomes almost quote unquote worse or harder. So if you can intervene and say, when grandma comes in and says, Oh, I want a big hug. You could say, Oh, we're doing fist bumps today. So Try to intervene before some of these things happen so that you can, you know, head it off. They also aren't required to say thank you. I know this is a big one. People say, like, well, it's, you know, they're not, you know, kind and that's not, that's not good manners. Great. It's not good manners. For the kids that are tiny, of course, they don't know how to say thank you yet. That's all right. You can say thank you for them. You can say, oh, thank you, grandma. That was so great. I appreciate that, grandma. You just insert it right in there. You model it. You don't say a word to your kid. They're not required to say thank you. They're also not required to clean their plate or sit at the table for an hour and a half, you know, adult dinner. They're not required to do those things either because it's a big ask. It's a big ask, especially in an environment where there may be a lot of people or they feel overwhelmed. I would try to, in those moments, infuse some connection. Like, can you do a special time before you sit down for dinner? Can you do some sort of big, vigorous play? Can you go outside and run around? Can you have a pillow fight? Can you do something big and, and um, you know, connective before before the kind of sticky spots like sitting at the table or opening gifts or, you know, a lot of adult interaction. I find too that if there's very few kids, like in our family, we have very few kids. There's no cousins on either side, which makes it, very adult centric, our kids get bored, right? They don't want to like be in this adult situation. So I try to sneak away with them. I don't have to do it so much anymore now because they're older and they're, you know, pretty much adults, but I used to sneak away with them and take walks and go in the backyard and look for acorns and, you know, just try to get some moments away where they felt connected. We're going to take a break from our show to hear from our sponsors. Without their sponsorship, I wouldn't be able to bring you this incredible show free of charge. So I'll see you back in a few minutes. ADHD affects so many of our families and finding the right care can be a challenge. With Done, you can get the care you need 24-7. At donefirst.com, you have an expert team who can help you get personalized treatment for you and your sweet kids. ADHD doesn't have to jeopardize the connection you share with your family. Take a free one-minute assessment and book an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as the next day. Get continuous care, one-click refills, insurance coverage, and 24-7 care team support with Done for just $79 a month and pharmacy co-pays as low as $0. Visit Get. Dot forward slash podcast to learn more. Done. Turn ADHD into your strength. This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein Alpha lact found in breast milk as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. BiHart is an easy to digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey to casein ratio, like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Biheart is the only US-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about BuyHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code peace for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. Now back to the show. Another thing I really liked to do is assign family members special time. So I would say, oh, Auntie Susu, could you do special time with Pia? She's been dying to do special time and then send those two away for 20 minutes, especially if I had to cook. I would ask people to do special times with the kids. And I told them how to do it. And what we can link this special time. We'll link to. um PDFs here, the special time one, and also the seven trickiest holiday moments. We'll we'll link those two in the show notes. But if you give your family this uh, PDF, it tells them what special time is and how it works, and then you can assign special time to everybody, which is lovely if they'll do it, and it can be very bonding for the kids. I find that connection is kind of waning, meaning connection starts to really run thin when our kids are in these big experiences with other adults that it starts to really eat away at their connection because they're having to navigate all these relationships and maybe their people are saying things that they don't quite jive with and maybe they're saying things that are offensive or that are shaming and so it starts to eat away at them and by the end of these events kids are pretty worn out they're pretty like checked out and can end up having huge tantrums. So I would try to infuse connection every couple hours if you can. Now, a note on teens and tweens and adolescents. What I find is we don't need to require them to engage the entire time. Like my kids will, they will like sequester themselves after a while and just go in one of the rooms and need to be alone or watch TV or need to call a friend or just need to like veg out and i think that is self preservation i think it's great for them um i let them totally do that and then i will come in after a while and hang with them for a little bit so i get a little you know connected time and and i make sure that you know they don't feel too far from me for too long because even my teens need that they need you know me to reconnect with them and to sit next to them and to get in there and, and help help them feel seen again because they can get lost in these crowds, right? It's, it's hard. Now you might encounter some sibling fights that those things might really happen. And my recommendation to you for sibling fights and actually any big kerfuffle or any big meltdown or anything is to, first of all, get it out of view. Meaning, can we take these children? <laughs> To a back room, and can we talk about it there? You know, we don't need prying eyes judging us about how we're parenting. So, can we remove ourselves and our children to a place? I'd say the same thing for tantrums. Can we remove ourselves and our children to a place where they can have their big feelings and have their sibling upset in a secluded environment where no one's judging you? The idea of play is super helpful too. Like, can you use play to intervene? Like, I know when Esme said (laughs) the other night, this is a good one, actually. It was Pia's birthday. I had my sister and her boyfriend, my dad, my ex-husband, Esme and Pia and one other person, I think, oh, me, there were seven of us. We were all at dinner and Esme said something that was so sassy. I don't even know what she said, but I was thinking, "Ooh, everyone's looking at me like, what are you going to do? And I just got up and I said, "Ooh." I guess I'm going to have to come over there and get you. And she started running around the dining room and into the living room. And I, and I caught her and she jumped on me like a spider monkey, put her legs around my body. I almost fell over and started laughing so hard. And it's so interesting, right? I don't even remember what she said, but I knew it was something sassy. And as I was leaving, I heard my, my sister's boyfriend say, Ooh, I would have been able to say that to my mom. And I was thinking, ah, sting, judgment, ah, but I I let it go. I didn't really care. And and he's so sweet. Like he didn't know. He just, you know, he's operating from his own whatever, and which is totally fine. But it broke things up. The play broke it up. It wasn't the limit I needed to set. I didn't need to have this huge kerfuffle in front of everybody. I just came with play and it worked. And because I come with play often my kids know and they respond to it well. And I think that's the thing with play too. Some people will say, well, it doesn't work. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't work. I totally get nothing does sometimes. Right. But if you use it often enough, it will work. I think people report to me about 50% of the time. I think it works for me more than that. I really do it only because I do it a lot. And I think the more you do it, the more it does, they do resonate with it. Because if you do it one time and then you think, oh, it didn't work, so you don't do it anymore, then of course it's not going to work ever because, well, A, you're not doing it. But if you do it in just sporadically, like once a month or I don't even know, will they actually feel the benefits of the play? Will it actually move the connection piece? Will it actually help them feel better? And I think not. So I would say use play use play often even outside of these these moments use play as much as you can okay i hope this was helpful for a little bit of like holiday you know gathering information how can you get through these moments when it's hard ah the last piece i forgot make sure you're taking care of yourself because coming into these moments can be very draining on you what are you doing to prep yourself what are you doing to get away from these moments? What are you also doing you know, to say yes to the right things and no to the things that don't feel good? You don't have to go to everything. You can say, oh, our little family is gonna do X, Y, and Z this time and we'll see you on Thursday or we'll see you a different time. Like You have a right to say no to protect yourself as well. And if you don't have a listening partner or you don't know what a listening partner is, that can be a really good experience to be able to offload before and after these events part of what we do in connected parenting, hand in hand parenting, peace and parenting. It's what we give all of our clients. We pair our clients up either inside of our group coaching programs or in our one-on-one programs. Um, we pair up everybody so that they have somebody to rely on. And it feels good to have that. All right. I hope this was helpful. Thanks for joining me on the peace and parenting podcast. And I will see you guys next time. Happy holidays.